welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome again to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And today we are pleased to be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Romain Uggen and Command Sergeant Major Thomas Skelton. They are the command team for 498th Combat Sustainment Support Battalion, better known as 498th CSSB. Thank you both for joining us here today. Thank you for having us. Ah, victory. Victory. All right. And so we've, uh, as we welcome the command teams on the podcast, we like to kind of start with a get to know you section. So ma'am, what can you tell me about what brought you to the army? So in 1997, as a little highly energetic uh, Pacific Islander um, on the island of Guam, uh, I decided to enlist in the United States Army Reserve, primarily to see what the army had to offer just based on my junior reserve officer training corps uh, education and training in high school, uh, the little experience that I had there, um, I liked what I was being taught about service to the nation and uh, defending our country as an American soldier. Uh, and I also heard about the travel opportunities um, and the financial stability I could have if I decided to stay in and, and do the right thing. So that was one of my primary motivators, uh, really, because I am the first in my immediate family to join the armed service. Neither of my parents are prior service or have any military experience. So uh, I was really the first one in the family to to decide to join the military. A lot of motivation, uh, motivators back then, uh, just being the eldest in my immediate family um, and trying to be that role model that my siblings could look up to. And, and I thought the Army was a, was a good way to, to get that started. And so, ma'am, um, you, went to, you went to college on Guam, too. Had, before you went to basic training or um, any kind of, was that your first time on the mainland? Had you, had you done much traveling before then? So I did go on a few summer vacations uh, when I was uh, younger. But uh, the first time really leaving for a, a long period of time for more than a month was when I enlisted in 1997 and I went off to basic training. Uh, I did go to college uh, a few years after I was already in the uh, U.S. Army Reserves. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that must have been even more of an eye-opening experience for you than, I mean, basic training already is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sergeant Major, how about you? Uh, so I come from, um, a long line of military service, grandfather in the air force, uncles in the Navy. My dad was in the army. Um, I was the first one to go to college, um, on my side of the family. Um, so I thought that was really important, but while I was in college, I was realizing that I was just burnt out from school. Um, so in 96, um, followed in my father's footsteps and joined the army and wanted to start off at the ground level, really didn't use my college credits or anything to try to, um, get an advance or, you know, come in at a different rank. So came in at E1 and 
you know, about to be 25 mm-hmm. years later, still, still kicking it, still going strong. Oh, congratulations. And so, uh, when did you, did you finish your degree while you're in the army? Yeah. So when the army came out with the army, U, um, way back when it first started, you know, when the, uh, incentive was you get a laptop, if you signed up to do college courses, um, they would give you a laptop and internet access. And so, um, I told my first son, is like, if you want me to reenlist, you need to get me one of these limited slots in this program. Um, and then I continued doing it, um, did one class every semester. Um, and then I got my master's degree, um, just a couple years ago. Oh, awesome. And so do you still have the laptops our major? Oh no, <laughs> I don't think dial up. Yeah, no, I don't think that that computer made it be an interesting relic, you know, to have <laughs> true. That is true. Okay, so let's uh, turn now to uh, 498. So um, if we want to talk about the history um, and how we started off, um, we've been an organization since 1936. Um, That's when we first developed. Um, We've traveled, our organization has traveled across um, many different peninsulas. Um, We've supported operations during World War II, here in Korea, during the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and then um, during Operation Desert Storm. it's kind of funny if you look on our coat of arms, we actually have a grain of wheat and a grain of rice um, or, or the plant, um, which symbolizes during World War II, we were actually a baker battalion. So our whole battalion just baked bread for the, for the army. Um, so we keep that part of our history strong with our coat of arms. And then um, we have the stock of rice, which signifies our connection with the Korean Peninsula. This is our second time here. Um, we originally came during the Korean War and then we got moved to Germany, um, the Philippines, Vietnam. And then we got brought back in 2003, and we've been here for the last last 18 years. So it, it's been pretty awesome experience for our organization as we continue to grow and change. Definitely, I mean, a, a bread battalion. You you don't you don't. <laughs> yeah, the Baker Battalion. The army's yes. changed quite a bit. The B in CSSB does not stand for Baker. No, <laughs> no longer. No. Okay. Yeah. So so really. Um, when we get to the structure portion of it, uh, and you look at 498 CSSB, uh, the size of the battalion, um, we have six subordinate units. Um, four are headquartered out of Area 4 in Camp Carroll, and two are out of Area 3 in Camp Humphreys. Uh, so the four that are in Camp Carroll uh, in Area 4 are the headquarters and headquarters company. We have the 95th Transportation Company. We have the 541st Quartermaster Field Feeding Company, and we have the 551st Inland Cargo Transfer Company. Then the two in Camp Humphreys, Area 3, are the 176th Financial Management Support Unit and the 339th Quartermaster Company. Um, and and I shall not forget to say that we do have a platoon size element from our 541st Quartermaster Field Feeding Company in Japan. Not a lot of people know that. And they, they still fall under 498th. That is correct. Really? But that, that really speaks to just how wide-ranging your mission is, that you, you even have a platoon in, in Japan. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to um, take a little break right now. We're going to talk more about the 498th mission and the different kind of units they have when we come back right here on the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Are you new to Korea and really want to experience some of the very cool sites, especially in Area 4? The 19th ESC Chaplain Team is doing a spiritual fitness event next Thursday, 22 July, to Busan. 
Korean memorials and cemetery and museum. Please get with your 19th ESC chaplain team to sign up and for more information as soon as possible. I am Master Sergeant Andrew Fuchillo and I am your new 19th ESC Master Religious Affairs NCO. But please know that we will be doing spiritual fitness events every quarter. here on the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Again, I'm Sergeant Adam Ross, joined here today by the command team of 498th CSSB with Lieutenant Colonel Uggen and Command Sergeant Major Skelton. And you were before the break, you were telling me about the different kinds of units in 498th CSSB. Um, some of those may be new acronyms to people like the Inland Cargo Transfer Company. Um, what, Ma'am, what can you tell me about the different kinds of uh, companies that are in your battalion, what, what they do? So really, it's all about area sustainment and finance support. Um, and, and I just really have to make sure I key in on that because uh, that's also what makes us uh, unique CSSB here on the peninsula. So if I can just really quickly uh, e express just the, the key mission of each unit, and it'll give you a better understanding of the, the breadth of um, operations that we have. So the 95th Transportation Company, they really, bottom line up front, they provide transportation for movement of bulk petroleum uh, as an area support basis. Our 541st Quartermaster Field Feeding Company, they provide field feeding support to what we call Echelons Above Brigade, EABs, uh, the operational forces, and they can also deploy on demand to support customer units with uh, field feeding operations in the field. Um, they currently operate seven warrior restaurants. Uh, warrior restaurants is the new term for dining facilities. Mm -hmm. um, so across the peninsula, uh, we have seven warrior restaurants uh, that they're responsible for. The 50, 551st Inland Cargo Transfer Company. Uh, so they primarily discharge, uh, they load, and they transship cargo at, at different nodes. Um, they have uh, cargo handling capabilities and break bulk distribution. So when it gets in, when it comes into the port, uh, they're responsible from, for receiving it from the port and then further uh, sending it out to the units. Um, the 339th Quartermaster Company up at Camp Humphreys, their big mission is to receive, store, and transfer bulk petroleum. Um, they are strategically positioned uh, in Camp Humphreys to do that. And our 176 financial management support unit, uh, which makes us very, very unique. Uh, so they uh, conduct finance operations. Uh, they do things like dispersing commercial vendor services, military pay and banking support, um, the financing processing and out processing. Those are all our teammates uh, from the 498 CSSB. So in support of the United States forces Korea, uh, the entire peninsula. And so within that unit, uh, they have three detachments. Alpha Detachment, which is primarily out of Area 3, Camp Humphreys. Bravo Detachment headquarters is at Camp Humphreys, but they have a financial management support team here at Camp Walker. Charlie Detachment supports the Area 1 at Camp Casey. Uh, so very, very, very unique uh, and very broad 
scope of responsibilities for sustainment and finance operations here on the peninsula. Definitely. Yeah. And 176, I mean, anyone who's coming into Korea, you know, you do your financial, I mean, financial readiness is a big thing. Very often we have first term soldiers who are arriving in Korea. We got to get that right, you know, when when they touch down here in Korea. Um, Sergeant Major, what would you like to add with the the different units? Uh, When it comes across um, with the 498 and the challenges that we have, it's um, enlisted management is a is a challenge that that we face because it's not like a typical organization where we only have one or two, you know, or a small handful of MOSs across the board. We're managing the careers um, of multiple um, MOSs across our field with um, different types of mechanics, um, the different 88 series is the 36 Bravos, um, 88 Novembers. We've got a little mix, 92 Foxes, Gulfs. I mean, we've got a wide variety um, of MOSs across the field and you know, it, it's tough to be that subject matter expert and advise all of our personnel on their career choices and advancements. Um, but it, it's a challenge, but it's it's good because it expands our leaders knowledge on learning the backgrounds, learning what makes these individuals successful, you know, coordinating with those seniors of those MOSs and other organizations to to be able to provide that good feedback. So the CSSB um, with their versatility um it's pretty awesome to be able to see all the different things that we can accomplish. Yeah, for sure. And um, you mentioned all this, you know, wide variety of MOSs, you know, but they still have to act as a team together and have this cohesive morale. So um, how does that play into the the victory big four that, that your battalion has? So really the victory big four, uh, when we talk about um, the, the big four and what keeps us up at night, if we don't get it right is, uh, first and foremost, uh, living by our fundamental guiding principles, which are the Army values and warrior ethos. Uh, and then accountability, and that's accountability uh, of personnel, uh, yourself, accountability of people, uh, and accountability of our equipment, because uh, it's very important in order for us to accomplish our mission. Uh, task and purpose, understanding truly uh, what every individual's uh, why is, what is your why? Why are you here? Uh, what are you doing to contribute to the team? Uh, and discipline uh, goes hand in hand with discipline and standards. Uh, so the, the victory big four, we use that to remind individuals that uh, if, if we don't get this right, get these right uh, every day, all day, uh, in everything that we do, um, really it's, it's, the rest of the cohesiveness of the team is just not there. Um, and that's, that's really, uh, you know, bottom line up front uh, to why we concentrate on, on those as the victory big four. And Sergeant Major, what can you tell me about how you, how you reach those goals through, through the, the, the big four? What are some specific things you do? Well, with, with that one, the best thing about the victory big four is that at each level, you can take different things away. So we're not expecting a company commander or a first sergeant, um, you know, to be held to the same standard that a soldier when it comes to the big four. Um, you know, it really goes back to, you know, disciplined every day. The soldiers need to understand what the standard is. Um, they need to execute it and they need to be able to talk and make those corrections that they see them. the NCOs need to and the, the platoon leadership need to understand it a little bit better. 
um, so that they can enforce the standards and teach and explain at the different levels. Um, and every job has a responsibility. You know, you need to know your task and purpose, whether it's you're the CQ runner and understanding, you know, hey, I have a, a mission. I, I need to understand I'm just not sitting here for 24 hours because the first arm put my name on a roster. It's I have duties and responsibilities and things that I have to look out for, you know, up to, um, you know, the company commander and the first sergeant who have those same duties and responsibilities and and understanding what their roles and and how they, they get after it. And so by breaking down the, the victory big four, um, you know, great units do routine things routinely well. And and that's kind of how we, we need to get after this is, yes, there is a million and one things that we could be doing as army leaders and a, a million great, great ideas. But if you can do these four things and your soldiers can understand these four things and do these on a daily basis, you're going to be a successful unit. Definitely. And, and ma'am, so that, that all leads into people first, right? Is that, that how you put people first with those? Yes, that's, that's with absolutely the people first, uh, and people always arguably, um, uh, mentality. So, you know, our philosophy, our command philosophy, command Sergeant Major Skelton and I have, have thought about this uh, prior to, to taking our positions. Uh, we talked about it and made sure that we both agreed and we understood. Uh, the chief of staff of the Army said this is our priority. People uh, is our number one priority. Um, and, and we agree. Uh, so each member of the victory team um, has something unique, something special to bring to the team. And we need to value that, uh, value every member, uh, whether it's a U.S. soldier, uh, Korean uh, augmentee to the United States Army, uh, otherwise known as Katusas, our DA civilians, our Korean nationals, uh, and their families. They're all members of the victory team, and, and we must value. Uh, and, and we also, our philosophy is that, uh, you know, we must invest in, in this team. Uh, we have to invest in this team to 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 build what the Army's looking at us as a command team to do, and that's build a team that is highly disciplined, trained, fit, healthy, and resilient um, and, and ready. And so um, the, the foundation of this people first and building the team, we know that uh, is, it, it is rooted in dignity and respect. For, for, for all. We, we say dignity, respect, and we add trust and loyalty. Um, you know, that's, that's all what really binds us together to be one cohesive team from service member to family member. Absolutely. And, and Sergeant Major, how does that lead into mi- accomplishing the mission? You need that positive command climate, right? Yeah. So when you talk about uh, command climate, you know, that's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, that's the direction that everybody wants to get to. But when I look at command climate, it's really how well is an organization situated to adapt to change? Because um, change is probably the hardest thing that, that people deal with on, on the daily basis. And when you talk about mission, um, something's always going to change. Nothing survives first contact. Um, you know, greatest laid training plan for that week, something's going to come up and it's going to have to change. Um, so really it's, Um, You know, building the trust within the organization that the soldiers trust the leaders and that when stuff changes, they realize that it's changing for a reason. Um, And then understanding the dynamics of the unit. Um, You got to know your people. You know, we have to get back to, you know, squad leaders knowing the ins and outs of their soldiers and being able to, you know, when they say something in the motor pool, know that they're just blowing off steam versus they're being disrespectful. Um, You know, that... Um, soldiers understand their leaders and the commander's intent um, moving forward for the mission to understand that, hey, 
you know, this changed. It's because priorities are different and this is more important, you know, to trust in the leaders to make those right decisions. Um, because honestly, it's, it's all about a learning environment that we're trying to establish. Um, um, you know, like the boss said earlier is we had conversations and we really wanted to make the 498, the learning environment. We wanted soldiers to be comfortable and leaders to be comfortable to make those mistakes and be in an environment where they're not, you know, beat up on or disciplined for making the mistakes, but making them now in the training environment. Um, so that as we move forward, they learn from those mistakes, um, and can adapt and, you know, so it doesn't happen if in a real world situation, when we do those same things, we've already learned in the training environment. Um, and so all of those things we're hoping to build, you know, a positive climate, um, so that when, regardless of the mission that we can handle it, um, and we can execute and accomplish the mission. We can handle it being the 498th motto. That's right? it. That okay. is it. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Uh, ma'am. So you mentioned you, you grew up in Guam and, uh, May was Asian American Pacific Islander month. I know, uh, 498th had a, an observance recognizing that. What can you tell me about, um, strength and diversity and how 498th is supporting that? So really, um, you know, it was several several months ago, uh, probably six months into into command, where you know I, I chose to reinvigorate um, and and really add more to what we are doing with everything that's that's going on around us that surrounds equal opportunity um, and and getting rid of uh, you know racism and bigotry and. And uh, all of the negative stuff that uh, was around, you know, equal opportunity in the program. And so reinvigorating it uh, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, everyone understands that we all have something unique to, to bring. And it is absolutely amazing to be a diverse, uh, diverse unit because uh, that, that's what makes us strong is our diversity. And so... Um, we established, uh, you know, the command team and the the EO team. Uh, we put together uh, at the battalion level. It's funny to hear the word campaign, but we put to, together a, a victory strong uh, campaign with our EO team. And the intent really is that our battalion is seen, and 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 we act right. So we take those words and we put it into action as well. Um, as an organization that's free of any discrimination um, and we embrace inclusivity, uh, that everyone in our organization is, is educated, trained, and aware uh, of the policies that surround the Equal Opportunity Program, uh, not just in our Army but in our Department of Defense uh, because we all, we all deal with other services. Uh, so we need to understand uh, and, and really Victory Strong is operationalizing the strength and diversity campaign uh, that comes from our higher level, from operational to strategic level. Uh, so it's operationalizing that uh, every day um, as we continue to, to promote dignity and respect for all. And in Team 19, is, it's doing that to allow each member of our organization to be who they are to bring their uniqueness and their experience uh, to the table and to allow everyone to reach their maximum potential. That, that is our ultimate goal. And so this is the Victory Battalion's, uh, you know, small commitment 
uh, to Team 19's uh, larger campaign. Yeah, and, and ma'am, you, uh, you're, in your introduction, you mentioned you're a proud Pacific Islander. And so with, with that um, month of May observance that, that 498th hosted, what was how, how meaningful was that to you to add kind of your, your personal experience with that and have your soldiers see that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely meaningful. I mean, uh, I come from a minority population, of course. So, uh, you know, the whole... Uh, diversity uh, and inclusion means it means a lot to me uh, and in what my team did our team did uh, for uh, AAPI month uh, that's what we call it in short uh, was was phenomenal and I did get a little emotional uh, because uh, because I'm proud right and, and when you're proud of what you bring to the plate um, and although small like I said earlier uh, as, as minute as it seems, uh, when it gets broadcasted, it's on social media. Uh, that's the, that's the positive, that's the advantage of, of social media. We choose to use that as our advantage because and now it can be broadcasted and, you know, we care. Um, but, but as a Pacific Islander for those soldiers to, to actually get up there and, and, uh, you know, dig deep back into their roots and, and perform, it was absolutely amazing. It was it was a little emotional for me, but um, you know we 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 do that for every uh, for every monthly observance. Uh, by the way, that's that's another that's another form of us reinvigorating the the program is we embrace the monthly observances. Um, and Sergeant Major, what what do you th- what have you seen from soldiers? How have they reacted to the monthly observances and like the one in, you did in May? Well, all the ones that we've done so far have been extremely educational. I think my favorite part um, was the one in May was not only did they perform um, and share some of their culture, but they all did maps of their area. So the Philippines, Guam, um, you know, the different islands, um, they actually came out and did maps and broke down how it's broken down in the different parts of the islands. And you could tell, you know, the competition building when they were talking about who was from what part of the island and which part was better. Um, but then they also brought their favorite dishes from home and they actually spent the time and cooked and, um, presented those to everybody in attendance. And it, the food was phenomenal. Um, it was awesome to, to get out and experience something new and try something new. Um, so just watching the soldiers, the pride that they took um, in talking about, you know, where they come from. And then um, all the soldiers that got to come and experience that, you know, just that new awakening that there's more than just a beach or sun um, on these islands, that it's a it's a whole unique and different culture. It's it's pretty awesome to, to watch. And uh, 498th was pretty busy in May because that wasn't your only um, big campaign event you were doing. Um, Sergeant Major, staying with you, what, what can you tell me about the um, the 72-hour walk you did combating uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault? So that was in April. So the month of, of SAPM in April, it, you're right. It's been it's been pretty busy. We've had uh, nonstop, and, and we think it's important to highlight and support these different areas. You know, um, We look at SAPM as a 12-year or 12-month um, event. We just don't try to concentrate um, on the month of April, but um, we set aside time and we had a 72-hour walk. Our, our SHARP team came up with the idea to do a 72-hour walk. Um, so across the peninsula, all of our units um, had their guide-ons moving for 72 straight hours around a set course um, with somebody always carrying the guide-on. Um, we built some competition into it, but the biggest thing that, that we want to take away you know, from that event was we asked the soldiers that as you're out there walking and you're getting tired, you know, realize how 
tired sexual assault victims are or sexual harassment victims are of carrying that burden with them. You know, when they get cold, you know, to realize how cold those victims seem if they don't feel like that they have support from the organization and then how it felt when it's two o'clock in the morning and you're walking by yourself and somebody from your unit just started walking with you and how that burden lifted and that how you were able to keep going because you had that small amount of support. So we asked them to look at that and the impact across the formation was amazing. Um, in 72 hours, our battalion walked over 5,000 miles. Um, so it was a great thing to see. And you could go out there at two, three o'clock in the morning and it's just not the six guidons moving. You had, you know, tens to hundreds of soldiers, you know, walking together and banded together to, to keep going. So it was a pretty awesome event. Yeah, that's going far beyond just like a PowerPoint presentation about about combating it. That that's that's really awesome that you did it that way. Um, so I think that w- that would probably rank high on your your list of achievements uh, while you've been in command. So you mentioned, ma'am, like you and Sergeant Major have been together um, in command for a while. What what can you tell me about um, some other things you've accomplished during during this first year? Oh, there's uh, th- there was several things we accomplished uh, from from small to big, uh, but but I would tell you uh, as a command team, uh, we'll start off with with fundamentals. Uh, coming in, uh, you know, as a, as a commander, looking at staff and and what uh, what it takes to to allow me to drive the operations process because it's really um, how the wheels keep keep moving, the the gears keep turning is is allowing that. And I'm proud to say, uh, to, to say it because it's, it's also uh, one of the priorities, uh, or, or key areas for, for the commanding general, uh, is that, is that our, you know, we continue to develop, um, our leaders. And so, um, I'm proud to say that, uh, our staff, uh, is, is very, very well versed, uh, now with, uh, what we call, uh, the army design methodology and the military decision-making process. Um, you know, we breathe and live, um, MDMP and, and that was one of, that was one of the things fundamentally, um, at the staff level, the command and staff level that, that we wanted to, uh, we wanted to achieve. So we achieved that. However, we're getting ready to go through a summer transition. So, uh, we're taking the lessons learned, uh, from that, from this past year that we've been able to do that with the command and staff and, and uh, we are going to use that uh, to our advantage for the for the new inbound command and staff. Um, we established monthly battalion wellness meetings, and this was very important for us. Uh, so, you know, as we look at soldiers who who are at uh, at risk uh, just due to you know various reasons, uh, it's um, talking about uh, what are the issues uh, that arose and what we can do to help these soldiers get back to a healthy state. Um, whether it's uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, what have you, just how do we get them back to that healthy stage where we're uh, ready to fight tonight uh, and um, we, we don't have significant concerns. Um, identify those resources that are required uh, to get the soldiers uh, back to the healthy uh, fight tonight readiness. Um, and, and that's, you know, putting our people first and that's our emphasis. Um, I started a weekly V6 TGIF PRT with officers, and it rotates uh, every week with lieutenants, warrant officers, staff officers, and commanders. Uh, and, and that's been a real, real go-getter, a real motivator for, for the officers uh, across. And Sergeant Major will talk about his, 
um, uh, V7 uh, PRT. But before that, uh, I'd also uh, just like to highlight uh, what we have spearheaded. Uh, we have a series called the Women Inspire Women. Uh, and we started that in the month of March, which is a Women's History Month. Uh, so we uh, started that first, uh, the first of the series, and we just completed our second uh, forum in the month of in the month of May. And so, um, as as a battalion commander, female battalion commander, and uh, considered one of the senior leaders because I am a battalion commander. One of the things that I looked forward to when I came in was uh, mentorship programs. Uh, just to continue to build myself because I'm not perfect and I will never be perfect uh, and just using other people's experiences. Uh, so uh, in the battalion, we kick this series off uh, and the key purpose uh, really of Women Inspire Women is to uh, you know, celebrate women, uh, use the forum as, as a, a way to create that environment of mentorship uh, to share the experiences and lessons learned uh, and, and the end state of it all and whether or not it continues uh, when I leave in 2022. But the end state of it all is, is that women uh, from all races, ranks, and, and service uh, get to share their motivation and their success stories to empower and inspire others and generations to come. Uh, so um, that, that is some of the highlights. Uh, obviously, we've done a lot, uh, but uh, Command Sergeant Major Skelton has also done uh, some phenomenal work on the enlisted side. Yeah, so it, it's been an awesome ride so far. So um, I hit my year mark in, in July with the battalion commander hitting her year in June. Um, so always go into to it saying, you know, we come into, into the command area with a million ideas of, of things that we want to do when we want to say. And, you know, with the operational environment, you know, we're probably going to get to about half of them. Um, so, you know, I still have a whole bunch of ideas in the back burner on the folder, kind of just waiting for the right time um, to bring those out. But some of the things that we've accomplished um, so far um, that I, I want to highlight is um, our work within the community. So um, working with our, our chaplain, um, we are the only battalion that has a signed memorandum of agreement with the city of Gumi, with an actual city. Um, to where we partner up due to COVID. We haven't been able to do as much as we really want to do. Um, but now that um, that's starting to um, get back to normal, that we're going to be able to increase that. We also have a memorandum of, of agreement with um, the Daegu Youth Center. So one of the youth centers in one of the districts down here in Daegu, we partnered up with them um, that we're going to be able to start doing different events with them. So I think that's really important to give our soldiers those volunteer um, opportunities um, you know, engulf them in the Korean culture. And then also it's a lot of it is, you know, to share our cultures with the Koreans, not just for us to learn the Korean culture, but for them to learn from us, um, allows them the opportunity to speak more English. Um, so it, that's been great with the engagements that we've had so far. Um, we've developed a streamer program. Um, so competition is important in army units. You know, everybody likes to win. Everybody likes to be the best. Um, so we actually broke down um, and we have monthly, quarterly, and yearly streamers that we award with the monthly and quarterly streamers. Um, if a unit has it, there may only be one per unit. Um, so if the unit has it and loses it, then they actually have to dip the guide on. You know, we'll take it off and put it onto the new guide on in front, kind of just trying to build that competition and have every soldier realize that they can have an impact. They could win their unit a streamer and have that pride for that, that um, amount of time. Um, 
we brought back payday activities. It's one of those lost, um, lost things that we think are important. So we brought back payday activities with um, uniforms, inspections, topics to talk about, things that we want leaders to execute on that time. Um, I brought back the NCO induction ceremony. Um, so prior to me coming here, they had a week of the NCO and they did one induction ceremony a year. Um, here in the 498th, we do it once a quarter and we open it up um, across area four for units because we have a lot of smaller units. You know, we have um, the sixth ward, the 25th, you know, the SDDC down in Busan um, who really don't, they could do it, but it, they would only be for one or two. So we try to make it a really big um, ordeal, um, a really big experience um, for those non-commissioned officers that are joining the NCO Corps. Um, so we do that. Um, and then um, as um, Lieutenant Colonel Luggan stated, um, I got Victory 7 PRT. Um, so the morning that I do board, so whether it's the NCO Soldier of the Month board um, or it's a promotion board, um, what I do is I make all the board members, myself, all the soldiers going to the board, plus their sponsors, we all meet up to do PT. And then I develop the 498 PT, so four, nine, and eight. So there's always nine exercises, and they vary. Um, but then we flip a coin before the PRT session starts, and that is either going to be we're doing four rounds of nine exercises um, for eight uh, reps, or we reverse it and we only do four reps of the eight of the nine um, exercises, but we do it for eight rounds. So it kind of depends. There's always a running event in there. So if mm -hmm. we're going to run a lot, then you don't want it to be the eight rounds. That, that That's for sure. But, um, and then immediately after that PRT session, you know, I kick everybody out except for those that are going to the board. And it gives me that opportunity to talk to them about what's going on at their organization. What are they seeing at their level? Because, you know, the soldiers see more than we see, you know, when, when we come around, everything's, you know, good. There's no problems in the unit. Everything's clean. You know, they, they don't want us to, to see any stuff, but you know, that gives the soldiers the opportunity, you know, one, it gives them the opportunity to see, um, my face, the board members face before they actually have to go to the board. So it helps ease up their nerves. It helps them see that, Hey, we struggle in PT too. We sweat, we, you know, have to work hard. We have to dig, um, in to see that. And then it also gives the opportunity for the board members to see these soldiers and how hard they drive and are they quitting or are they lagging or, you know, it, it's not a graded event, but it just gives us that opportunity to get familiar with each other and talk to each other. So it builds their confidence when they, they come before the board. So all of those things have, have definitely made impacts across, um, our organization and, um, I hope to continue the success as we continue to drive through and bring a few more things to the table. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to do boards uh, with with the PRT before it. Because yeah, I think I, I definitely know what you mean, Sergeant Major. You, you you're knocking on the door. You don't really know who's going to be behind it or what their what their personality is. So it definitely makes leaders more accessible. Also that way, it does. And then with the new changes um, for advancement, especially in the officers and the senior NCOs with, you know, the BCAP and, and all that kind of stuff. We've actually invited the officers to come in and sit and witness our boards um, so that they can kind of see, get an understanding of what the enlisted go through and how much the enlisted actually know so they can start utilizing some of those talents. And then it also gives them an idea, you know, before they go, um, you know, to be selected for battalion command, they're going to have to sit through a blind board, you know, and it's just one of the things that's ingrained in the enlisted because we have to go to so many boards. But on the officer side, they do really don't get that many opportunities to go to a board. So it gives them that opportunity to build on that knowledge and see kind of what the board process looks like and what they may face as they continue their, their military career. 
Yeah, I never thought about that before. Yeah, um, officers really don't see the inside of a board all that often. <laughs> right. And um, coming back to you, ma'am, uh, you, you talked about mentorship. Um, cl- kind of closing out the episode here, what what advice would you give to leaders coming to Korea? Like if you, if you could mentor them a little bit. So just some broad advice, um, you know, really whether you're, uh, you're coming here for two years or you're especially, especially when you, when you're here and you know you're here for for a year so it's kind of tempering the attitude uh or the the expectations uh if you will uh of of what do you expect it's it's very uh things don't happen as quickly and as instantaneously as you want them to happen and that's because we need to understand that there is a cultural sensitivity uh portion to to our mission here um, right, we don't uh, operate uh, in a in a stovepipe as a as you know uh, United States uh, military um, U.S. Army here. We have our rock counterparts that we always have to consider in everything that we do because our mission here really is in support of the Republic of Korea. And so it's do some homework before you come to the peninsula just to understand the dynamics of uh, what your specific mission entails here, whether you're in support of, you're, you're supporting, supported, uh, doesn't matter, but just do, do some homework and understand. We've never been here to the peninsula and um, uh, know that um, they, they don't move as fast as you want it to be if you were in the continental United States. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, there's that underlying partnership that you have to think about in order for you to accomplish your mission uh, here to be really, truly successful um, be, because of the mission set that, that is here. Uh, so, so manage those expectations. Uh, just, you know, do a little bit of homework um, and, and understand what the mission, mission entails. Um, the year, if you're here for a year, is going to go by rather quickly uh, just as uh, you feel that you have uh, – you know, you, you have a grasp of what is going on. It's ready. Uh, you're, you're ready to leave uh, on a one-year tour. And uh, those who are here for a two-year tour, um, I, I would advise uh, if you're here for a two-year tour, there is uh, some room to make an impact and uh, in, in to get better, to allow the organization to, to get better. Um, it, so, so don't be afraid of that. Um, also providing that input, uh, do not show up and just, uh, be okay with status quo. Uh, that's, that was one of my things is, uh, as much as I could affect to make the organization better, I'm going to try, uh, no matter how little it may seem, uh, but don't settle with status quo because there are other, uh, generational leaders coming up after us that, that need to understand that we have to improve our foxhole every day, no matter how small it is. And, and Sergeant Major, what, what, what about you? What advice would you give? Uh, you know, we, we're pretty similar on, on our advice that, that we would give. Um, for me, it would be be prepared for turnover. You're going to, it's going to seem like you're repeating yourself a lot because um, literally every quarter it's, you're going to have a new team. Um, 
not everybody's going to be there. So be prepared to keep implementing your system and having to repeat yourself and don't get frustrated that it's, why don't they get it? I've been here for six months. Well, you may have been, but you know, the core group may have, um, you know, switched some key leaders. So, uh, just be prepared for, for the turnover rate. Um, don't be afraid to implement change. Um, this is the way it's always been done is, is not the answer. Um, and it shouldn't be accepted by anybody, you know, anybody, the talent level and the knowledge, experience that today's generations of soldiers are bringing in, they may know better ways of doing it than, than we do. Um, they've grown up with technology their whole life. You know, we've adapted to technology. So, you know, don't be afraid to implement change and don't be afraid to accept, um, you know, the advice and the ideas from, you know, from your soldiers. Um, and then the last thing is, um, you know, sponsorship starts early. You know, the first impression is huge, especially here in Korea, you know, on the 19th ESC and, you know, all of us are working hard to make this the assignment of choice um, and to kind of help change the culture of the army um, to make people want to come to Korea because Korea is, a, is an awesome duty assignment, um, you know, and how we do that is through sponsorship. Um, and so you have to make that first impression through sponsorship, follow through um, with with all of that when they arrive and get them settled and get them, you know, integrated into into the unit and then take care of those individuals as they're um, departing. All of those things are going to be key here in Korea because the turnover rate is just so high that um, you got to get those systems in place. Definitely. Well, I want to thank you both for, for coming here and uh, good luck on your next year in command. Maybe we can have you back on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. We're going to be here a little while. And uh, so once again, our thanks to the 498 CSSB command team, Lieutenant Colonel Romain Uggen and Sergeant Major Thomas Skelton. Don't forget to follow 498 CSSB on Facebook along with 19th ESC. And we'll talk to you again here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Well, it's 19.